Hey everyone, welcome to the House Church Podcast. This is Pastor Jamie here. I'm so glad you decided to join us for today's broadcast. Every time we come together as a church, people encounter God. So my prayer is that you too would experience His presence and hear His voice for yourself. Please enjoy today's message. that you are working in the midst of us, God, that you are alive and active in our lives. Lord, that every part of our life has purpose, that you're in the middle of that journey, leading us and guiding us by your Holy Spirit. And we welcome you, Lord. We welcome your input. We welcome your guidance. We're inviting and asking Jesus that you would be an active participant in this journey. Lord, that, that uh, you would not be a bystander, God, but we invite your voice. We hear you knocking on the door of our life, and so we open up and we say, come, have fellowship with us, Lord. Come, speak into our life, into our decisions, into our process. We want you, Jesus. We want you to be in the midst of all of this. We thank you, Lord. God, I bless our time today. I pray that you would speak to us. You cause your word to come alive as we look at it. Lord, that beyond what's being said directly, that, that your Holy Spirit would cause us to hear what you're wanting us to hear. Cause the heart direction, Lord, to, to ex- experience and feel the wind, Lord, of your presence propelling us on. Lord, I thank you for that. And so, God, unto that aim, unto walking with you, I pray that you would release revelation, that you would give us wisdom, that we could walk in a full, Lord, in fullness, and in, Lord, prospering in the way of Christ, that we might grow and become more and more like him. We thank you for this, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, and anybody who dared to agree with that said... Amen, amen, amen. Uh, There are things in life that lead to greater peace, greater prosperity, greater expressions of joy. And then there are processes of life that, if you choose to participate, will lead you in a degrading version of that. It doesn't get happier, it gets worse. There are choices that we can make that lead to peace, a heart that is guarded from torment, from anxiety. There are ways that we can interact with one another where we can add value to each other, where the input brings increasing expressions of joy, increasing momentum where someone can achieve greater things because they're partnering with you. There's ways for us to live our lives in connection with each other where things get better. Some of us have discovered these things and you do them on purpose. Others do it accidentally. Today, I would like us to shape our discussion to intentionally point out things that we know beyond a shadow of a doubt are detractors. They will lead to a broken life. And we can point towards a heart expression that will lead you in increasing experiences 
of peace and joy and prosperity. And so we're going to take a look at the scriptures for that purpose today. Are you alive? Are you with me? How much? How, how many in here could uh, you you could use a life that would is filled with peace? Like you're you're okay with maybe kicking anxiety to the curb? Anybody? You okay with that? Are, are you are you okay with uh, perhaps a life of creativity that creates abundance? Things that would be a blessing to you and to others. I, I know I'm preaching to the choir here, but I'm I'm looking for your yes and your amen affirming these things before we get too deep into the sermon. Because um, there is a point in this sermon where you stop liking me, okay? <laughs> it's going to be good. Hopefully. Um, my wife and I take walks every day. We try to, at least. We try to spend intentional time processing life. And uh, we, have, we have eight kids. Our life is busy. There's a lot going on. You know, we, beyond the church, beyond interaction with all you wonderful people, and uh, all that goes into that, there, there are other aspects, aspects of our life that, that also require our time and energy. Beyond parenting, even. You know, we're we are involved with a lot of things in life. It's a blessing, and we're so excited about all of it, but, but we found that if we just sort of coast through all of our responsibilities and we're not inter- interacting intentionally, that it's very easy to be two ships in the night. We're just heading in, you know, different directions, and the, the heart connection is so important for us to be on the same journey. And so we, we're intentional about that. We, we go on walks in the morning. Often we'll turn around and we'll do it again at night. Now we have like a mile and a half loop that's near our house. And so we get out in the weather. And, uh, I, you know, Nikki is more fond of sunshine and warm weather. I am fond of sleet and ice and snow. And uh, sometimes we compromise with rain. It's great, okay? But we try to get out there in it in, in order to process, to, to share life. You know, uh, whatever we're going through, whatever we're reading, but we try to do this. And, and I've found that that interaction is life-giving. That interaction can be uh, greatly beneficial to, to adding momentum to one another's journey. She's going through something, and I can affirm it. And in that affirmation, it adds momentum. I'm going through something. She can bring comfort or affirm or challenge me. I can't imagine I'd ever be wrong about anything, but she, from time to time, can discover something, right? You know? But in our interactions, there's a refinement and there's a process of life. There are people in your life that have the potential to do this with you and for you, they're friends. There are ministry partners. There are are people in business that you can interact with where you will add great benefit to each other's lives if you will be intentional about the relational side of things. But we found that that doesn't happen accidentally. It takes purpose. Purposely opening up, purposely relating, purposely sharing. That intentionality 
multiplies our efforts. And it's awesome and wonderful to get to do that with, you know, my partner in life. The body of Christ is filled with amazing people. You are surrounded by world changers. Do me a favor. Just look down that row. Look, look at some of the people. I mean, what a wonder they are to behold. Shock and awe should fill your heart right now of how amazing these people are that are sitting next to you. Some of them are strange. It's okay. Right? I'm not telling you to point out which ones are strange. I'm just saying some of them are. But God placed you in a body of people that if you will give of yourself to them and you'll receive from who they are, you're going to find your life multiplying in ways that you just couldn't have imagined, y'all. You know, when we, when we do like things like Serving Team Sunday or in the, in the future there will be a, um, a, a small group fair where, where all the different small group leaders are presenting what's going on. These are opportunities for you to engage with people intentionality. Don't shy back from them. Find ways of engaging because it will change your life. It will benefit others. It'll benefit you. And who knows, you might actually be interacting with somebody that's meant to be in your life the long haul. Long-term partners. Amen? You know, as, as uh, I was looking at the scriptures this week, I came across this passage. It's a familiar passage. I've read it many, many times, but I was reflecting on it and and how how it presents one way of life that leads to great prosperity and health and abundance and peace and so much good stuff, and how if you are interacting with the wrong type of people, how it can lead your life in the opposite direction. And how, how that really matters for the outcome of your life. And so this is Psalms chapter 1. If you've got a Bible, if you'd open up with me there. We're going to put it on the screen. We're going to walk through it verse by verse. I'm going to read the whole to begin with. Psalms chapter 1. Just six verses. Starting in verse 1. How blessed is the man. Okay, Blessed. We don't really use that word. How blessed is the man? I I feel like it needs a British accent. That word could be swapped out with happy, with content, with someone who is bursting with life. A a person whose life is, is experiencing blessing, abundance, stuff works for them. How blessed is the man who avoids three situations? Some things we do proactively because we know it'll add value, and other things you stay the heck away from because you know it's going to bring destruction. How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, stand in the path of sinners, or sit in the seat of scoffers. The contrast, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, yielding fruit in season. Its leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. And then again, contrasted, the wicked are not so. They're like chaff. The wind drives away. The wicked will not stand in the day of judgment 
nor will the sinner have a place in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord knows the ways of the righteous, but the ways of the wicked will perish. Strong word, strong language. Two very clearly different paths. Which one do you want to be on? Jesus talks about the straight and narrow leading to life. He talks about the wide and easy way leading to destruction. There is a way that man thinks leads to life, but it does not. It leads to death. The scripture talks about how God's ways are above man's ways. They're they're higher. They, They are not perceived naturally. You have to interact with the creator to walk in his ways. But those ways, whoo, happiness, fulfillment, joy, peace. The stuff that you want your life to explode with are all connected to things above, not to earthly patterns. Patterns that are heavenly not patterns based on earthly, sensual, lusts of man, appetites of humanity. Base things will lead to destruction. Things like control, power hungry, greed, the stuff that humanity pines after, that stuff leads to destruction, and it will not lead to happiness. There is a life that you and I have access to with a door wide open in the heavens and the voice on the other side saying, son, daughter, come up here. Come up here. Fix your eye on things above, not on earthly things. Fix your mind on things above, not on worldly patterns. If you do this, you will discover life abundant, peace forevermore, the qualities and virtue of heaven here on earth. You're not, some are waiting to die to experience these things. Not me, man. I want them now. I want them now. I want to live in the abundant life that Christ lived in. I want to experience that kind of love that kind of joy. Are you alive? Anybody else with me on this? How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, stand in the path of sinners, or sit in the seat of scoffers. Walk, stand, sit. All of them have very clear meanings. We're going to go through them real quick. Walk in the counsel of the wicked. To walk in something is to, it, it is to take action upon. It is the pathway that you are, you are fulfilling. Counsel has to do with a value system, has to do with boundaries, has to do with the, the ways of the world or the ways of God. There is a way that man thinks is right, but it leads to death. The ways of the wicked, the counsel of the wicked, will 
not lead you into a life of fulfillment or true, authentic joy in happiness. Fulfillment. Blessed, happy, happy is the man who refuses to live his life by the ways of the world. Moses is uh, talked about in Psalms 109. There's this, it's kind of an, or excuse me, Psalms 103. It's kind of an obscure verse. Psalms 103.7. I think I gave it to you guys. Maybe. Yes. He, speaking of God, God made his ways known to Moses and his acts to the sons of Israel. Moses understood God's ways. Israel experienced the results of God's ways. So while the people saw miracles, Moses understood God's involvement. The people experienced the consequences of the laws, but Moses understood the the way of thinking so that when a a conflict took place, he could make a judgment. He could decide if something was right or wrong because he understood God's ways. So while a situation might not be perfectly spelled out in the law of God, Moses understood God's ways, and so he could make a, a judgment call and help God's people to know what to do. Are you with me here? There's a difference between knowing the ways of the world and the ways of God. If I was to say concerning the business world, there are the ways that the world operates when it comes to business. What would those be? Anybody got any ideas? You want to shout at me here? Self-serving. We're trying to get ahead. Why do you make a sale? You're making a sale because you are looking for the bottom line. Most decisions in business are related to the bottom line. Will we make money? If a decision makes money, that's the right decision in business. If it doesn't make money, well, that's something we would stay away from. These are the ways of the world. However, how many know that it's possible to sell in order to get ahead for your business, but it's probably the wrong decision for the person buying? So if you sell snow to an Eskimo, you might better your bottom line, but you probably weren't thinking about your customer. Right? The ways of business are to get ahead. It's to make money. The ways of business, it it doesn't matter how we get there because the end goal is what matters. We're trying to achieve something. The ways of the world are in contrast to the ways of the kingdom. In almost every regard, y'all. And so when we talk about a man who is going to live, or a woman, just gender neutral, a person who is going to live in happiness, contentedness of life, you can't be driven by the motives that drive the world. You need to leave those things behind. The counsel of the wicked will continue to have values and guidance that do not lead towards heavenly results. They end up in conflict with one another. There's a lot more to say on this. We'll keep going here. You, you guys are good. 
the principles of how to get ahead in life according to the way of the world often are self-seeking in their motivation. If you choose to walk in the ways of the world, you may become rich. You may achieve some significant goal. But the Lord's blessing can only rest upon that which is right and good and rooted with a heavenly motivation. I, I love, I mean, we're, we're passionate about seeing uh, kingdom entrepreneurial type-minded people. I, I love partnering with entrepreneurs. I love the dreamers. I, want, I, I, I just love the idea of us starting something and getting it going, and I just, I love all that. I, I think that God releases ideas to his people that are solutions for society, and the world isn't going to go that way, and so somebody's got to initiate, so come on, let's do it. I'm with that. I'm excited about these things, and so I like to work with entrepreneurial types. I love that. But I've found that the advice that comes from the world often causes kingdom entrepreneurial people to violate the, the values of heaven. And so while you might be able to 10x or 100x your company, if it's not rooted in a kingdom motivation, if it's not rooted in the, the value of heaven, you can slap a Christian sticker on it, but it doesn't mean it's kingdom. You can put the fish in your logo, but just because... Just because I got a bumper sticker that says I love Jesus don't mean I'm not driving like hell. Mm -hmm. Joy, true joy, authentic heartfelt, the, the fullness of life can only be realized when a person's life is aligned with God's ways. His blessing is trying to land on you. It requires you to align with his ways. He's not moving to align with yours. You can be prosperous and serve Jesus. And when the Lord adds his blessing, there is no remorse in it. You're, there are ways for you to do this that can be blessed and good and awesome. You don't need to violate the kingdom values. Amen. Walk in the counsel of the wicked. Second, stand in the path of sinners. Now, a path is, is something that has been previously walked in. Okay, I alluded to it a little bit with the with walking in the, the patterns and the culture of this world. But a path is something that has already been worn down. There have been people who have gone this way before, and, and so it's, it's the easy path. It's the way to do something. And there have been a lot of pioneers in, in the world. A lot of pioneers have gone before us, and honestly, there's no need to always reinvent the wheel. 
Like, learn. Learn from people who have gone before you. Learn. You, you don't have to come up with every answer on your own. If you try to come up with every answer on your own, it's going to take you way longer than it should. Part of adding impact to one another is learning from one another and growing because we are allowing people to have voice in our life. And it, it's awesome the way that God does that. But to stand in the path of a sinner, the word sinner, like to sin, is to miss the mark. It, it's to, to not be on God's path. And when you take a stand, what it means is that you have decided that this is how you're going to do something. And so when you take a stand in the path of a sinner, all that really means is that the mentors in your life, the ones that you are following, were missing the mark. And you have options. You don't have to follow the, the entrepreneurial gurus of the day. Just because they're on social media, just because they are proclaiming to be billionaires or successful or whatever, don't mean you got to drink their Kool-Aid. There are more than one way to achieve, like, and, and walk in that kind of prosperity. You don't have to follow the patterns of those who are missing the mark. <laughs> and again, just because you throw a Christian sticker on that sucker don't mean that it's rooted in kingdom principles. Come on, y'all. We got to get smart here. I love me a master class, and I love learning, and I want to grow, but just because someone says that they're a believer, it doesn't mean that it's rooted in heaven. Greed is Greed. If money's the goal, you might be missing the mark. I saw people like twitching out there right now. Come on. This is, I guess, where the sermon goes awry here, right? Everybody's happy until I get to this point. Let's kick over some sacred cows. I, I was in uh, Thailand, and I was talking to um, a school who, of, of children who were all rescued out of human trafficking. And, uh, and they, they were taking them through a, a sort of business class. They were trying to teach them principles and how to build their life. Because these kids had never had any kind of patterns in their life, right? And, uh, and so one of the ways that they do is like through the game Monopoly. You know, you learn some business principles, buying, selling, all that kind of stuff, right? And, and so we're walking through it and, and um, you know, the art of making a deal and the, the coercing and the trying to convince and you can get ahead because the goal after all is to win. And, and so I, I paused the process and I just challenged them a little bit. I said, hey, if a deal makes you money, does that mean that God was the originator of it? There's a difference between a good business decision and a God decision. And God isn't always concerned about the bottom line. Because the goal might not be for you to win at the wealth game. Maybe it's about something bigger than that. Are you alive? But if you're playing by the world's game, you'll be fixated on achievement, and you may miss the whole point that God has you in in the first place. 1 Corinthians 11.1 says this, 
This is Paul talking to the church of Corinth. He says, I want you to pattern your life after me just as I have patterned my life after Christ. So Paul is saying to the church of Corinth, I want you to follow me. Do what I'm doing. Learn from me. Do, follow the path. I laid it out for you. Somebody else went down the path. You don't have to figure it all on your own. You can follow me. Right? Mentors, important in life, and you should have some. And I want to tell you that God has surrounded you with amazing people in this congregation, many of who could speak into your life and could help you immensely. Like, for real. When you are choosing to open your heart up and receive input and counsel and follow the path of somebody, it's, it's not difficult to look for the fruit. You'll know a tree by its fruit. So look, you tell me, did their kids love Jesus? Or did their kids turn out good? Well, then why are you listening to their parenting advice? Boom, sacred cow, kicked over. Did, did, is their marriage thriving? I mean, do they like each other? Well, then, then is that really the person you want premarital counseling you? <laughs> okay. Christine. Sometimes when I sing, I noticed... I don't always hit the right key. And, and I try. I try that I try. And, um, and so I have this vocal coach who's tone deaf. <laughs> Could you tell me if they're saying the correct things to me? Should I? If, if I am trying to learn a skill, if I'm trying to perfect something, I should look at the outcome of what takes place. Right? And so it would probably be better for me to hear from someone like Christine, who is amazing in singing and has a heart after God, and right? Is, is an incredible gift to the body, and I could learn how to lead worship. I could do all these things by following a leadership of someone like this versus, right? Somebody who is missing the mark. This last, it was yesterday, I was, I was uh, pondering, just thinking about the people who made an impact in my life. The ones that really, really like, man, they said something, they did something, it, it marked me. And uh, I was just rehearsing it in my mind and giving thanks to the Lord, like, Jesus, thank you for that person. And I realized that all the ones that made significant contributions, they are all still walking with the Lord on fire for Jesus. Like they're for real on fire for Jesus. And, and I was like, oh, wow, I wonder if there's a correlation between what actually was a benefit to my life and led to long-term fruit and a person who's authentically actually doing it and hitting the mark. You know, you and I have the opportunity to hear from lots of people. And I, we encourage you, man, eat, spit out the bones. Not everybody's perfect. I mean, goodness gracious. I, you know, I go back and listen to some of my sermons. I disagree with myself. <laughs> right? 
like, you're not always going to hit the mark. And, and perfection's not the goal. Right? And so, so don't be offended because someone messed up or someone didn't get everything right or whatever. Look at the fruit. Look at the, look at the fruit of someone's life. That's how you know if it's someone worth following. Are you alive? Okay. Doesn't disqualify people. Everybody's on a journey. We're all growing, all of that. But, but if someone's missing the mark, that's probably not the person to pattern your life after. Third one, don't walk, don't stand, and don't sit in the seat of scoffers. The place of, to sit down, it's a place of judgment. It's the place of decision. It's a place of choice. Don't sit in the seat of of a scoffer. A scoffer is somebody who is focused in on that which is negative and contrary, and they're scoffing. They're, they're, it, you, you, they're going to poke holes in it. They're always going to find fault. They're always going to... So don't sit down in the place of judgment in the company of those who think like this. It's not going to be helpful to you. Don't surround yourself with negatively-minded people. If someone's negative, if, if they can't ever say anything good, dude, Find a different, you know, friends. Find different people to speak in your life. It's weird because I think that we try to win people over. And, and the, the ones that are the most negative tend to be the ones that we're, like, trying the hardest around. And, like, you're just not going to win. And what I found is that scoffers... The reason, or, you know, one of the sort of reasons why they ended up as a judge of everything is because they've never successfully done anything. Whoa. Don't, don't be a hearer of the word only. Do it. Don't enter into judgment. If you're entering into judgment, you're like deciding if everybody else is doing it or not. What good is that? Don't follow people like that. Don't end up like that. Don't be an analyzer of truth. Practice it. I, I'll give you, a, I'll give you a, a, a little nugget. This is something I, I work at doing. Whenever I get revelation, so, so when revelation comes, this is the temptation, is that when you finally see something clearly, you also will see where other people don't see clearly. It happens every time. You're going to see clearly, and suddenly this new perspective illuminates all the people in your life that don't see it the way you now see it. And the temptation is to try to go tell everybody. But the problem is, is that when you enter into that gear, you didn't actually put it into practice yourself. And so you became an expert on a topic that you don't actually practice. You've sat in the judgment seat, and you are now deceived into thinking that you're qualified. But you haven't done it yourself. So slow that process down. This is what, what I, I try to do actively. Whenever I get revelation, intentionally and immediately I go to create something. I attempt to create something based on the revelation. 
So it might be as simple as I'm praying and the Lord shows me a picture of somebody and something, some situation or whatever, and I could just pull out a piece of paper and try to draw out what I felt like was revealed. I intentionally try to create. It could be as simple as that or like yesterday. This is exactly what happened. I got revelation around Thanksgiving and being thankful for the mentors in my life. I began to think about those people and giving thanks to God. Thanks to God is an activation. But I went beyond that and I started texting every single one of them just to say thank you. And I was specific. You did this in my life. This really mattered. It still is impacting me today. Thank you. I took the revelation and I acted upon it with creativity. And when I did that, it set something in motion. It was a blessing to others. It added abundance to my own heart. Now I'm overflowing with thanks. I'm, I'm all tuned up. I'm ready to give it to you guys, right? I'm, I've done something about it so that when I give it away, it's not just all fluff. There's meat on it. Are you? Okay. You cannot be critical and creative at the same time. Choose. You can't learn and judge. Choose. Which one do you want? Do you want the path that leads to destruction or do you want the path that leads to a happy, joy-filled, kingdom, abundant life? Up to you. Don't sit in the seat of scoffers, y'all. Come up here. You are called higher. Verse 2. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Man, you need to listen quicker. No, we'll fly to the rest of this. His delight is in the law of the Lord. He meditates on it day and night. Okay, the opposite. Don't stand, don't judge, don't walk in all these things. Instead, delight in the law of the Lord. Delight in the law of the Lord. How do you do that? What does that mean? Okay, in one sense, of course, there is a meditating on what God has said, like the specific nature of like the Ten Commandments. Of course there's that. But it's more than that. The law of the Lord, it is talking about the ways of God. Delight, to delight in something is to make it the apple of your eye, to make it your pursuit, to let your decisions be driven by that place in your heart. To, to delight in the ways of God is to go, God, you created me. You made me. I want to become who you made me to be. I want to authentically express your goodness. I want my life to overflow with authentic interaction with you. I want to do what you're telling me to do. I want to be who you're telling me to be. I want to be like a tree firmly planted by a stream of water that's continually bearing fruit. I want my life to not ever have to shrink back, but always in abundance moving forward. I want to be a blessing to others. Is anybody else alive? The man who is truly happy and is fulfilled in life is seeking to manifest the reason God created him. 
At the center of your motivation is a passion to be who he made you to be. To live the life he created you to live. And when you make decisions with that in mind, that is the upward trajectory of of living a life focused on heaven, not on earth. Who cares what the world says is important? Who cares what the world says you're supposed to be like in business? Man, when you are fixed on things above, you'll display like a life that adds value and has meaning and changes everything. You'll be a trendsetter, a disruptor. You'll be the reason why everybody else starts to do something different. A life of abundance. Verse 3, he makes you like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, yielding its fruit in season. Whatever he does prospers. I just want to camp that word right there on the word prosper. Prosperity, to be prosperous. I don't know why there was, well, probably the enemy. Such an attack on the idea that the gospel is connected to a false prosperity. I'm sure there are people who have taken that and perverted the word, like, of course. But I can tell you that when I met Jesus, my life became more healthy. When when I met Jesus, I became happier. People liked me better. We have never had lack. Like, he always provides. Abundance, like I, I don't, I don't know a time where we've ever been, like in that place of need and desperation, as if God wasn't involved in our path. I am pretty sure, in every regard to our life, that the gospel has led my life to a health, abundant, filled, and, and dare I say, wealth of provision in every area of life. Now, what that does not mean is that you accept Jesus and so now you get to use all of your manipulative, controlling business principles to try to dominate people and make a whole bunch of billions of dollars for yourself in a selfish way that doesn't benefit anybody else except for yourself. Money come to me. That's nonsense. However... To say that the gospel doesn't bring health and wealth, you don't know Jesus. The Lord wants your life to be prosperous. Your soul is meant to prosper. Your family is meant to prosper. By walking with the Lord, everything in your life will get better. Everything. You may have adversity, but, but like walking through adversity with my wife by my side, where we are choosing to connect, we're on each other's team, and we're focused on things above, man, you can go through any storm. In the kingdom, there is no lack. Listen. Listen clearly to what I say right now. Like, hear it. Don't add your words into it. Don't try to interpret what I'm saying. Just actually listen to what I'm saying right now. 
In God's kingdom, there is no lack. Heaven does not have a fixed amount of resource. God is the source of resource. Here on earth, we experience lack of resource because it is limited and finite. But in God's economy and in the kingdom, there is no lack because he is the source. When God speaks, resource is created. By having a conversation with God, he will change the way you think and what was a lack before, you will suddenly see as an opportunity to create abundance. God will change everything just by talking to you. When he speaks, all of creation bursts into life. All he has to do is talk and more resource comes. When God blesses a person, he does not need to take from someone else. So you never have reason to apologize for God blessing you because it didn't come by taking from someone else. Now, if it came from someone else, if you had to take then I would encourage you to relook at your inward motivation of what's going on there. Abundance comes as God creates resource. Blessing comes and causes resource to multiply. God's people are called to serve the world. We serve the world by creating resource, by releasing blessing, and by stewarding what benefit comes to us on behalf of those who cannot do it for themselves. If you are involved in a business, it should result in you being a blessing to that business, a blessing to its customers, and abundance should be the outcome. We are not those who take and steal, who capitalize upon weakness. That's not kingdom. When kingdom gets involved, abundance is created, and it should not be that we're having to steal from others in order to acquire it. Amen and amen. amen. Kingdom-minded people are working to create abundance for all, not just for themselves. If you're pursuing God's purposes in your life, day and night, then you will begin to prosper. If you want to be who God made you to be, something will cause life and abundance to touch not just your life, but everyone's life around you. Verse 4, the wicked are not so. The wicked are like chaff. When you are threshing out grain, you take the grain, the whole stock, 
and you thresh it out, and the seed falls to the ground, and they take and they throw all the stock and everything into the air, and the wind blows away the light stuff, but the seed, the value, falls to the ground. The wicked are like the stuff that gets blown away. It's not rooted to anything. They're not connected to a community that's prospering. They're not rooted in the ways of God. And so when God's judgment comes, they're just blown away. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked is no more. This is 1 Corinthians 3, verse 11 through 15, and I'll bring this to a close. For no man can lay a foundation other than the one that has been laid, which is Christ Jesus. If any man builds on that foundation with gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hay, straw, each man's work will become evident, for the day will show it because it is to be revealed with fire. And the fire itself will test the quality of each man's work. If any man's work which he has built remains, he'll receive a reward. If a man's work is burned up, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved, but as through fire. Listen, your life means something. And what you produce with your life has the potential to be eternal and really truly mean something. The ways of the world will be burned up by God's judgment fire. It won't last. When you end up standing before the judgment seat of Christ, everything that you built will be placed there. And his fire will touch it. If there's something that remains, that means that it was rooted in heavenly value. It was something kingdom. If it was for yourself, it was selfish. If it was something worldly, it won't remain. So while you may have lived a prosperous life here on earth because you achieved something for yourself, in heaven for eternity, you'll have suffered loss. It ain't worth it. A life of abundance, of peace, of joy. Like for real joy, fulfillment. It comes because your inner cry is aligning with who God made you to be. Come on. Don't sell yourself short. Would you jump to your feet today? We're just going to pray. We'll call it. The core of a man who is happy and blessed is filled with the life of heaven. Uh, it's fixed on becoming the man that God made you to be, a heart to walk with God, yearning for that pure light of heaven to shine through you. The man who seeks riches or power of the lusts of this age, that stuff will not last. Even if you achieve it, it's meaningless. So the question is posed before you. What do you want? What kind of life do you want? What kind of life do you want? The one that has significant meaning or the one that will be burnt up? Jesus said this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man has access to the Father except through me. Jesus is the way. He is the demonstration of what is true. He is the door that is opened, gives you access to heaven. 
to put a hand on your own heart this morning. Father in heaven, I'm asking right now by the Holy Spirit that you would come, that you would breathe on every heart, that they would see, sense, and know, Lord, your pleasure and your calling, your purpose, that they might become who God made them to be, that who you created them to be. I pray, Holy Spirit, you give them a glimpse of that today. If you have never surrendered your life to Jesus or you walked away from him and you've been serving the worldly purposes, listen, I can tell you, God doesn't need your money. It's a privilege to get to give it to him, but he doesn't need your money. Don't live your life trying to make money so you can do kingdom stuff. Nope, just start with kingdom stuff. Just do the stuff for God. Watch as provision comes. Unhook your heart from the ways of the world, friend. Unhook your heart. Holy Spirit of God, would you come right now and breathe on every heart. Breathe on every heart. I'm going to pray a prayer right now out loud, and I'm going to invite you, every voice, to pray along with me. Please, repeat after me. Do it out loud. If you have never received Christ or you are surrendering your life to him afresh today, then as you pray this, oh, my friend, something significant is going to change in your life. Just mean it. Be authentic. Watch as God does his thing. So would you pray with me right now? Father in heaven, come on, every voice. Father in heaven, thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. That his blood covenant is enough. And I receive it today. I give him my yes. And I surrender my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Be the leader in my life. Help me to become who you made me to be. That I might bring glory to you. Holy Spirit, come into me. Seal me. Fill me. Empower me. To be who you made me to be. To bring glory to Jesus. Lord, right now, I just release your mercies afresh over each one. Be forgiven, friend. Jesus forgives you. He releases you. You've received what he's offered, the free gift, and he releases mercy to you. Be forgiven today. Be washed. If you've never been baptized, we're going to be baptizing people in the next week. Make sure you get baptized. We want you to be a part of that. Father, bless your people. Lord, for those who are on the journey and just want to continue to walk in that. God, I pray that you'd open up opportunities and friendships and mentoring relationship, everything that they need, God, that they might walk in that fullness. Thank you for this community, God, and those who volunteer and who are a part of it. And Lord, I pray that you would align each person that they might also participate. Make room for them, Jesus. I pray these things in your precious name. Now may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May he be gracious to you. May his face shine upon you. The graciousness of God lead your way and bless you and grant you peace. And everyone who dared to agree with that said, amen. Come on, can we give a good clap to the Lord today? Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. It's our hope that God touched your life in a truly meaningful way. And if you were impacted, please let us know by writing a review or share it with friends. If you'd like more information on The House Church, we would love to connect you with our community. Please visit us at ithehouse.org for more information. 
We'll see you next week. 